I uh, am honored and humbled at the same time to, to stand here again. I, I came to Asbury Seminary uh, the summer of 1981, uh, full of hope, excited about the future. And uh, one year later, I left uh, broken, marriage on the rocks, filled with shame, failure, uh, defeat. And uh, to come back here uh, and be in, in this place, um, it's, it's mind-boggling to me. <laughs> um, I say that to say that God will take your woundings, He'll take your brokenness, and He will take the ugliest, the darkest, the most painful parts of your life and turn them into something absolutely beautiful. So, that, as they say, is free. <laughs> uh, most people would say, Actually, uh, a man by the name of Jimmy Evans wrote a book called Marriage on the Rock, ironically. Um, and he says in one of his chapters that uh, the people have four what they would call heartfelt needs. Every, every person, four heartfelt needs. We have a need for acceptance, which is knowing that we're loved. We have a need for identity, which is that feeling of, of being significant and special. We have a need for uh, identity. We have a need for security, uh, which is being protected and being provided for. And, and then we have a, a need for purpose. And that need for purpose is knowing why I'm here. Why, why am I on the earth? What, what is it that God put me here to do? Mark Twain said one time that the two most important days in a person's life are the day that you're born and the day that you realize why. And I would tend to agree with that. Now, the problem for most of us is that we go through uh, seasons of time, short or long, where we look to the wrong people and the wrong things to have these needs met. Uh, the scripture that we read in Jeremiah says, uh, Cursed is the one who trusts in people or flesh, and blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord. Uh, sometimes we, we fall into that trap of, of depending on other people. We maybe look to a spouse to meet those needs, or maybe we look to a job. Uh, we look to accomplishments, uh, maybe we look to money, the gathering of things, but there, there are all sorts of things that we look to to try and meet these needs of, of purpose and identity and security and, and all of those things. And, and we know, as people of God, that, that God alone can meet those needs. We know that. Sometimes we act like we know it. Sometimes we don't, and so uh, we know that we should trust God to meet our needs, but the question then becomes how? How do we do that? How do we trust God to meet those needs? And how do we position ourselves? How, how do we posture ourselves in a way that allows us to receive from Him? And, uh, you know, there are things that are obvious. Um, we, we need to know His Word. 
We need to know the Bible. In, in Matthew 22, Jesus says, you're in error because you don't know the Scriptures or the power of God. And We need to recognize that this is an incredible book. This is the Word of God, inspired by God and written through men over years and years and given to us. And, and as we've studied, we, we've read that this is not just His story, it's our story. We're in it. We're in it and it's the opportunity. And when we read this book, we get into this Word, we engage the presence of God, and we hear from Him, and He speaks life into us, and our identity is in this book. He tells us in His book, written for us, that who we are as sons and daughters. And so our identity is grounded and rooted in His Word. We have to have a life of prayer. Where, where can we go? What can we do if we don't have a life of prayer, if we don't build into our being a life of prayer? Murray McShane said we are what we are, on our knees before the Father, nothing more. We are what we are on our knees before the Father. We have to have a life of prayer. I heard Ravi Zacharias say one time, if you have a life of prayer, it will carry your faith. If you don't, you will have to carry it, and it may get quite heavy. And of course, worship, our most correct response to God is to worship Him. Those are obvious things, and I want to take just a few minutes, though, to, to mention some things that maybe are not as obvious. Maybe not quite as obvious. Just three things quickly. Number one is intentionally choose not to get your way. Yeah. Intentionally choose not to get your way. I, I believe we become more like Jesus when we deny ourselves. Jesus said in the garden as He prayed and, and as He looked to the cross, and we know that He went to the cross willingly, but we also know that in the garden He prayed and He said, if there is any other way, let this cup pass, yet not my will, but Your will be done. And there are times when, when we can grow by just simply choosing not to win. By choosing not to get our way. And as leaders, sometimes we think that that's failure. Sometimes that we think, well, you know, our way is the right way. Well, why would we not get it? And, and the problem with that is that our way is not always the right way. And even sometimes there's, there's more than one right way. So choose not to get your way. And then second, I would say, choose to leave your comfort zone. Choose to, to leave your comfort zone. We, we love the familiar. We tend to not love the unfamiliar so much. I, I am not a dancer. Not. Where's William? William, brother, I, I'm not a dancer. You, you, don't, you don't want to see it. You, you really don't. You, you don't want that image in your mind. But, but I will tell you this. I remember the first time I danced in worship. It changed me. Something in me shifted. And uh, I may not ever have to do it again. <laughs> and you can pray in that direction. Right? But, but I, I needed to do it that day. And I, and I would say that for some of you who are dancers, maybe you need to be still. And for some of you who are not dancers, perhaps you need to dance. 
For some of you who are introverts and love to be alone, maybe you, ha- you need to choose to be with people. And for those of you who just live and breathe for people, for the sake of we introverts, maybe you just need to be quiet for a minute. I was coming home from I was coming home from India and uh, I was in the air I, I was in uh, London we had a layover in London and we we had enough time to go to Holy Trinity Brompton and uh, after the service I was prayed for this is 1999 and uh, a young man who prayed for me said I have a word from the Lord for you I said, what is that? He said, God's going to give you a healing ministry. And I thought to myself, most of the people in my life that I've prayed for have gotten sicker. I didn't say to him, you're wrong. You have no prophetic skills. I just thought to myself, he's trying hard, but he missed it. I went home and a few months later, I was asked, uh, there was a family in our church who had a son. He had a growth on his stem of his brain. And they brought him to the church, and they asked for the pastors and the elders to pray for him in front of the whole church. And uh, the lead pastor at the time, I was the associate, he, he turned to me and asked me to lead the prayer. And I thought, you, you missed it. You, you picked the wrong guy. I'm not your man. But what could I do? So I, I prayed. It was not a prayer of faith. It was a prayer, prayer of fear and doubt, and, and I prayed, and uh, a week later they went to the hospital for tests, and the mass was gone. And if you go to our town now, today, and walk through our region, and you ask people, do you know Riverstone Church? They will say to you, yes, they're the church that prays for the sick. It was not my comfort zone, but it was a place that God wanted me to go. And this, my, my last thing quickly, take risks. Take risks. Uh, my question today would be, what are you attempting that has no hope of success unless God shows up? No, no chance of success unless God shows up. Rest assured that if you become a dreamer, if you become someone who chases big dreams, God-sized dreams, if you, go, if you follow the sign out on the Asbury campus that says, attempt something big, there will be people who will oppose you. But keep in mind also that in 1919, Walt Disney was fired from a job at Kansas City Star because he lacked imagination. The manager of the Grand Old Opry told Elvis that he was better off driving trucks And Van Gogh sold one painting in his lifetime. So I would say to you, risk believing God. And risk believing God for something bigger than you. Do not, do not, do not settle for less than God has offered. And I'll leave you with this. There was a very cautious man who never laughed or played. He never risked, he never tried, he never sang or prayed. And when he one day passed away, 
his insurance was denied. For since he never really lived, they claimed he never died. 